0: when Scott Peck talks about life being inherently effortful. He isn't talking about striving for goals or striving to improve the world or striving to improve ourselves. That is something which is very, very different. Very different from what we could also call conscious work. When we strive in order to fulfill our goals or to complete some task that we have in mind, some idea that we have in mind, that's control. Pure and simple. That's all it is. It's control. And although there is, of course, a place for control. Controlling is not the same as living. Controlling is something we do in the course of our lives. But life itself is not an act of control. So it's a matter of seeing things the, white, the right way around. If I were to control all the time, or try to control the whole time, which comes to the same thing, then that would have the effect of freezing me in my current or present way of looking at the world. And my current or present way of understanding who I am. So controlling means I put all the emphasis on getting things to be the way I think they ought to be and no emphasis, no attention at all on the super important question of why do I think it's important to achieve such a goal. So one is unreflecting or mechanical action like a machine performing its task. And I'm not saying anything bad about machines. We all rely on machines and we rely on them performing their task. But there's more to our life than being a machine. And we aren't machines, even though we can fall into the machine mode very, very easily. So being effortful doesn't mean controlling. It means taking an interest in life. We don't take an interest in life by controlling, because when we're controlling, as I was just saying, it's, it's as if we already know everything important and we just have to put that into place, which is our normal approach to life, because it's the easy approach to life. It's a default mode that we slip into. But being interested requires something else. It requires us not to project our own opinions, our own judgments, our own anything onto the world. Which Scott Peck talks about in terms of extending yourself. Or you could, I think, a better term might be just going beyond yourself. Forgetting about yourself for a while and being interested in life, interested in what's going on. To be interested in life is not the same thing as seeing what life means to you, or trying to find out what life could mean. Because that's self-referential. There's no agenda to being interested in, in life, in what's going on. If there was an agenda, that isn't interest could be called self-interest, but even self-interest isn't interest. Because if I'm self-interested, I'm not interested in myself. As in, philosophically speaking, what is myself? Why do I regard this as myself? Am I correct in regarding this as myself? Self-interest really means just taking that as read and just trying to benefit the idea that I have of myself. without ever questioning this idea that I have of myself. So curiously, conscious work or effortful living, rather than um, just slipping into the default mode. It doesn't mean controlling, but it means not controlling, and see what is going on when I don't control. So I control in order to create a feeling of security for myself, because it feels good to be in control. But I never learn anything this way. In order to learn, I have to let go of the control and look beyond myself, look beyond my controlling. So what that requires is a type of courage. So having a genuine interest also means having the courage to be open to the world. So the reason it's difficult is not because we have to jump through lots of hoops. It's not because we have to strain an awful lot like a bodybuilder lifting 50 kilos or whatever, it's hard because it goes against the grain of the default mode. It's hard because we're taking a risk essentially. So everything that I've just said comes down to risk in the default mode, control mode, or purposeful doing mode. Everything is about avoiding risk. If I'm striving for a goal there's no risk in this. You might say well there's a risk that I won't achieve the goal but that isn't an ex- existential risk. The whole point of trying to fulfill my purposes or achieve my goals is that I want to eliminate the risk that I don't achieve my goals, that I don't properly enact my purposes. So it's the utter antithesis of equanimity which is well let's see what happens let's go beyond the controlling and take an actual interest in what's going on instead of trying to impose our own ideas of what should be going on impose our own understanding and theory on the world which stops us from seeing what the world is really about as long as i'm projecting my own meaning on the world That's all I ever know is my own meaning. It's a a suffocating kind of a thing. But that is what the default mode totally involves. The default mode has zero curiosity about the bigger picture. It's all about getting things to be the way I want them to be. Or to put it another way, it's all about optimising my game. It's not about dropping the game and say, well, hang on, this game's kind of repetitive and boring and it doesn't ever get me anywhere Well you don't i see what happens when i drop it so the the work in conscious work involves not imposing our own meaning on things it means not judging not controlling just being there and seeing what happens and that is easy to say but it is tremendously challenging. It corresponds to what the poet Keats called negative capacity or negative capability. I can't remember which exactly it is. And the the idea there is that it's all it's very easy to rush to try and obtain the right result or obtain a conclusion of one sort or another, but to leave everything unfinished and see what happens, to see what is actually there. Whenever we try to do this we see that it is really really hard because the automatic tendency is so strong and it'll take charge of us, it'll take over us in a second if we're not being, if we're not being aware and keeping our awareness there about what's going on rather than falling into automatic behaviour patterns. Now, this, as I was saying earlier, the idea that we have of ourselves, the self-concept, always has to be busy, it always has to be striving. So it automatically tr- translates this idea that life is an effortful thing into terms of it's striving very hard. But when the self strives very hard, all it's trying to do is to confirm and reconfirm its position. It's trying it's digging in. This is a cons consolidation type exercise. It's very, very easy to get sidetracked. Once we think, okay, life is effortful, it's important to make an effort, which is a, a very, very normal um, human thought, of course, into thinking, okay, I'm going to do some things to improve my situation or to improve the self or to make myself be more aware or be more um, developed as a person. But that is really just the self Construct, obsessing as all as always, with improving itself, optimizing itself. So the activity is the activity of trying to optimize the operation of the self-concept. Self-improvement is not conscious work at all, but the complete antithesis. Because when we're consciously, when we're unconsciously trying to improve the self, we don't actually look at the self and we don't realise. We don't realise that actually the self-concept can't be improved and it's a huge waste of time trying to do that. It's a complete dead end and it'll take up all of our energy for for no reason at all. And the reason the self-concept can't be improved, very, very simply, is that it isn't real. You can't improve something that isn't real. It's not us. And so, it is really a distraction from doing what we would otherwise be doing in life, which is Letting the self-concept be whatever it is, do whatever it is, but take an interest in life so that we're more interested in what's going on and we're also interested in what the self-concept is doing. We're interested in everything, but we're certainly not trying to improve the ego concept or perfect it in any way.